series of Journey Through the Bible, I'd like to just commit this teaching to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you that your word will not return void. It will accomplish that for which it was sent, and it will prosper. In Yeshua's mighty name, amen. What does it mean to be pure in heart? Well, the Lord prompted me to use this session of Journey Through the Bible to answer this question with the leading of His Holy Spirit. However, when I started to search for the answers, I realized how difficult it was going to be. But like all things in the Bible, the more overwhelming something might appear, the more God is able then to step into the situation and bring revelation and truth. I'm going to start off by referring to a portion of scripture which I read recently when Graham asked me to do the communion at the Mother's Day service in our church fellowship in Pretoria. John chapter 2 describes the miracle where Yeshua turned the water into wine at the wedding of Cana. Since most Christians are likely to be familiar with this particular narrative, there should be no need for me to go into much detail regards this miraculous event so I'm only going to focus on verse 6 for the purpose of this study, which reads as follows. There were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification or ceremonial washing, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. The significance of these six water pots at the wedding venue will help to explore the deeper meaning of what it means to be pure in heart. Please also bear with me as I share some information, background material which I researched regarding Jewish purification rites and which will prove helpful to better understand the customs of the day. The Jewish people were of all ancient peoples the most aware of how sinful and unclean they were before their God and how much they needed to be cleansed from their sin. Therefore certain rituals were undertaken for example, the washing of hands, the washing of cups and vessels and utensils before meals, the washing of both hands and feet. The book of Leviticus is a perfect example of all the rituals and the purification and cleansing that went on in the Jewish culture, instructed from above from the Lord to purify his people. The cleansing with water was for physical as well as spiritual purity and also associated with physical healing of the human body. By the time of Christ, ceremonial cleanliness by water had become institutionalized into a purity ritual involving full water body immersion in what was known as a mikveh, M-I-K-V-E-H the Hebrew meaning for a collection of water. Mikveh purification was required of all Jews before they could enter the temple or participate in major festivals. Prior to a wedding, for example, both the bride and the groom were to wash themselves individually in preparation for their marriage for purification purposes. This cleansing process usually took place 
in a pool somewhat similar to a garden pond or a miniature swimming pool, and that tradition is still carried out in modern-day Judaism, obviously in a more sophisticated manner. Originally, the ritual immersion would have taken place in a body of flowing water, such as an ocean or a stream, a river or a pool of rainwater, the idea being that the waters were living and alive and had the advantage of purifying while flowing. So it's no surprise that John the Baptist, and then of course Yeshua, the Messiah himself, instructed their followers to repent. Repent means in Greek, make a change, and to be baptized. For historically, this tradition goes right back. It was part of the very core of Jewish heritage. Now, having said all this, the point which really needs to get across now is that a very powerful underlying message is connected to these six stone water pots associated with water purification rites and which Yeshua used in order to perform his very first miracle ever. The fact that there were six water containers is significant because number six in the Bible is related to man and human weaknesses, the devil and his dark forces and the manifestation of sin. Consequently, the turning of the water into the finest of wine points to the atonement of sin which Christ would later provide through the shedding of his blood on the cross for the sake of all of sinful mankind, providing a new and far better way of doing things under the new covenant compared to the old system of legalistic rituals which was found in the Old Testament under the old covenant. Both the water and the wine symbolizing the cleansing away of sin now throughout the Bible a picture is painted of a romantic God who so desires to embrace his beloved bride who is the church. He is so deeply in love with his church, that which he created in his very own image and he so desires for her to be without spot or without blemish, to be pure and holy. It is a basic biblical truth that when a person confesses his or her sin, the blood of Christ with immediate effect puts one in right standing with the Father. However, having said that, does it really mean that a pure heart is automatically attained? No, I found that it's not automatic. I really wish it was, but have discovered that in all my 43 years of born-again experience as a believer, and I became a child of God at the age of 15, obtaining a pure heart is something which takes place over a period of time. It is progressive. There is a process of refining which occurs, a refining done by the fire of the Holy Spirit, which is not very pleasant, to say the least, but necessary nevertheless in order to remove the dross. To better illustrate this, I did a study on Matthew 5 verse 8 which states, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now the word for blessed is makarios in the Greek, meaning fortunate, well-off, blessed, happy or happier. The word for pure is katharos, 
meaning clear, clean, or pure. The word for see is optimi, which means to gaze, that is, with wide open eyes, as at something remarkable. And the word for heart is cardia, meaning the thoughts, feelings, mind. Now, by putting all of this together, using the Greek words, it would then read as follows, something like this. Fortunate, well-off, blessed, happy, or happier are those who have clean, clear, pure thoughts, feelings, or mind, for they shall gaze with wide open eyes as at something remarkable, that is, gaze upon the Lord. Therefore, it is imperative that every individual person who desires to be truly blessed in his or her relationship with the Lord needs to take quality time aside in order to clean up the mind. And the constant renewal of the mind is a discipline which only you and I can do for ourselves. It cannot be done by anybody else. It is the responsibility of the individual person to renew thought patterns and pull down vain imaginations, etc., in order to see into the realm of the supernatural with spiritual eyes. Now, to better illustrate this, I would like to read from Revelations chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. This was Yeshua speaking to the church of Laodicea, which one reads back. You can see there that in verse 16, it, he was very upset with this church because she had become lukewarm and needed to be reprimanded. Reading from verse 18, I counsel you, this is Yeshua speaking, to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you may become truly rich and white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen, and healing selves to be put on your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I rebuke and discipline, showing them their faults and instructing them. So be enthusiastic and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior, and seek God's will. Can you see there again? It says your old way of thinking referring yet again the thinking patterns, for God's ways are not our ways, nor are his thoughts our thoughts. So Yeshua counsels the church to buy from him gold that has been heated, red hot and refined by fire, so that she might be truly rich. Just a note here regards the word rich. It is the word plutio in Greek, which literally means to become wealthy, be increased with goods, this church had become blind and a process of refinement had to take place in order for her to become truly prosperous. It was necessary for ointment to be put onto the eyes so that she might see. She had lost her glory and had become ashamed and her thinking patterns had become contaminated. So the Lord rebuked her because he loved her so much. In the same way, we as believers in Christ as born-again Christians, the church in other words, whether it be as individuals or whether it be as the corporate body of Christ or as churches, local churches, the issue is we are the church and our old ways of thinking need to be cleaned up and replaced constantly with new thought patterns based on the word of God 
The world system is contaminated and totally the opposite to God's way of doing things. A constant purification has to take place in order for the Lord Yeshua and his kingdom purposes to manifest on the earth. This also includes wealth transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Time is short and the days are evil. Let's not be blinded by the devil nor lukewarm in our relationship with the Lord. He wants us to be on fire for him in all areas of our lives. Psalm 18 verse 26 says, With the pure you will show yourself pure. The Hebrew word for pure is barah, which means to brighten, to cleanse, polish, make bright, purge out. Pure gold is beautiful. Its value comes from its radiant color and shine. Valued too because it doesn't tarnish or fade with time. Unrefined gold is melted under extreme temperatures, purifying it in order to make it more beautiful and adding to its value. The Holy Spirit refines us as his people to make us fit for the Master's use for his plans and purposes on this earth. The more we yield, the more he is able to conform us into his image and ways of doing things. Our hearts are constantly tested, as Proverbs 17 verse 3 states, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests hearts. Titus 1 verse 15 says, To the pure all things are pure, but to the corrupt and unbelieving nothing is pure. Both their mind and their conscience are corrupted. Here again reference is given to the state of the mind. The unrenewed mind can so easily misunderstand truth when it comes its way and fall into deception. And the Bible says in the last days even the elect can be deceived. So we really have to be passionate in our quest for truth. A practical example of that is the biblical meaning of the word beloved, which can so easily be misinterpreted in this modern day world in which we are living. And I just felt led by the Lord to read a Bible commentary which explains this word very well, far better than I could possibly define it. This is reading from the commentary. All those adopted into God's family through faith in the finished work of Christ, are beloved by the Father. It is an amazing, lavish love. And reading from 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Because God has shed his love on us, we are free to apply the words of Song of Solomon, chapter 6 verse 3, to our relationship with Christ. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. Many New Testament writers, this is continuing with the Bible commentary, use the word beloved to address the recipients of their letters. Most of the time, the Greek word translated beloved is related to the Greek word agape. In the inspired letters, beloved means friends dearly loved by God. In the New Testament, the use of the word beloved implies more than natural human affection. It suggests an esteem for others that comes from recognizing 
their worth as children of God. Those addressed were more than friends, they were brothers and sisters in Christ and therefore highly valued. A beloved person is dearly loved. Now in the Old Testament, the word beloved is used repeatedly in the Song of Songs as the newlyweds express their deep affection for each other. In this instance, beloved implies a romantic feelings as between husband and wife. Now, just to consolidate this whole teaching and draw all these threads together, I felt led of the Lord to ask the question, why is it so easy for young children to experience the Lord? Well, to answer that is because they have a pure heart and they have a childlike faith. But having said that, sadly in this day and age, multitudes of children have been exposed to things which they should have been protected from due to abuse, pornography, etc., etc. And, you know, the exposure to that, sadly, has taken away the purity of heart. But for those children who have had the privilege of being in a godly environment, they will often see into the spiritual realm in a special way. Now, years ago, when both my children were a lot younger and Graham was leading the children's church at this particular event, which I want to describe, in the first church plant that he and I were involved with, one of the little girls in the meeting suddenly had an encounter with the Lord where an angel appeared to her and she was greatly blessed as a result. Why am I sharing this? It's an encouragement because it is so important for us as adults, not just adults, but young adults, teenagers of all ages, to have that same childlike faith in the Lord and not to miss God, to miss seeing God due to faithlessness or due to reasoning or due to just not spending time in the Word of God. Yeshua in Matthew 19, verse 13 to 15, had to reprimand his disciples because they'd overlooked a very important principle. And Yeshua had to teach them this principle. In Matthew 19, verses 13 and 14, it says here, Then children were brought to Yeshua so that he might place his hands on them for a blessing and pray. But the disciples reprimanded them. But he said, Leave the children alone and do not forbid them from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After placing his hands on them for a blessing, he went on from there. The point that I feel the Holy Spirit is wanting to get across is not to miss God due to human reasoning, due to faithlessness, due to not embracing the ways of God because of the world system. The Lord is wanting his bride, his body, to rise up and to be without spot and without blemish. And the only way to do it is to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The process of refining is not easy. The heat of gold being purified or silver being purified is uncomfortable. But it is the only way that we as God's people will see the Lord. It is the only way for 
the world system, as it were, the shackles of the world system to be taken off and to be replaced with the purity and the holiness which comes from spending time in the presence of the Lord, from spending time together as his people and seeking his face on an individual basis, on a corporate basis. It's so important for the glory of God to be able to come down. But nobody can do that for the individual person, but the person himself. You and I have to do it for ourselves. We cannot expect that to be done by somebody else. May the blessing of the Lord be on every single person who is hearing this teaching. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for your church, which goes from strength to strength because responsibility has been taken by every single person in your body to be transformed, to renew the mind, and to allow the washing of the word to come in line with the truth, the truth of what God thinks, what God says in his word. And thank you, Lord, for church growth in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen.